listeners, welcome back to another episode of the Keystone Chronicles podcast. With us this week, the Lehigh Valley Fishing Boys come through, spitting some fly fishing facts, and we had one hell of a time recording this episode. Guys, you gotta go check out the fish that Ben and Eddie are catching on Lehigh Valley Fishing. Absolute monsters with beautiful colors. And if you know me, uh, you know that I'm a trout bum, a trout connoisseur, whatever you want to call it, man. I love trout fishing, fishing in this beautiful state that we have. And these guys, they enjoy it too. So if you're down for a little uh, fly fishing talk here and talking about catching some absolutely monster trout, I think you'll really enjoy this one. As for me, man, you know, the trout fishing has been really, really wonderful. And, and I hope that you guys are out there getting your rods out and, and, and getting in the water. Behind that, turkey season's just around the corner. I want to wish you guys all good luck. Don't be afraid to reach out to all of the fine vendors that have been on this show that produce turkey calls and hunt these birds. They are willing and ready to help you. With that being said, I hope you guys enjoy this episode as much as I did. God bless. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Keystone Chronicles podcast. With us this week, we got the Lehigh Fishing Guys. I got Ben and Eddie here with us. And guys, I, I stumbled upon them not too long ago via the social media and, and, the, and on the devil box there. And I'm telling you what, some of these fish, I'm, I'm impressed. I am very impressed. Um, you guys are younger guys. So let's start with you, Ben. Um, do a little introduction and then Eddie will hand it off to you. Okay. Uh, obviously, I'm Ben. Uh, I grew up in Ohio, and I started fishing probably since I was three or four at my aunt and uncle's lake house with my mom and dad. Um, moved here in 2014, and that's where him and I kind of started doing trout, um, and we've been doing it ever since. Good deal. Good deal. And uh, what do you got, Eddie? Do me a little introduction here. Who you are, man? All right, well, I'm Eddie. Like I said, uh, I've been fishing forever, man. I've been like my parents. We had a cabin up in the Poconos. Nice. Yeah, they they taught me the ropes. Uh, I had a grandfather who passed. He was huge in the fishing. He used to tell me all his fishing stories. And then my dad's dad. I mean, he's an avid outdoor man. Avid, avid hunting, avid fishing. And then my mom's mom's husband. Uh, he got me into fly fishing and man he took me underneath his wing showed me the ropes and i've been fishing ever since i could put my two feet on the ground i've been <laughs> yeah. going at it and i love it it's the I best understand. thing on earth and it's it's none there's nothing like it. i love fishing it's That's, my thing how do, how did you guys uh how'd you guys become friends man what's what's the background behind that <laughs> well uh like i said i moved here in 2014 um and we played football throughout like peewee sports all the way to high school that's kind of how we met. Um, and after that, once summer sports kind of came to a close, we started fishing in the fall. And then just kind of ever since, once trout season opens, it's just kind of been a tradition ever since. Nice. Nice. So you guys usually spend the first day together? Oh, yeah. 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 What's the... I think we've missed a year. <laughs> nice. What's, uh, what's the tradition? You guys go to the same place or... Uh... Yeah, we go up to my cabin up in the Poconos. And, nice. You know, we just... We wake up early. I mean, this year it's kind of cold, kind of raining, so we were like, man, we got to get up. There's going to be people out there. Weather's nice. I got out there, and we were the only ones on the creek. We were like, heck yeah, this is yeah, this is good. And we were standing there pouring, 
6.30 in the morning, cracking jokes, having a good time, just enjoying it. And That's it was a awesome. Good time. That's awesome, man. That 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 was a good opening day for for me also. Um, it was like I went out and I'm thinking, ah, you know, there's gonna be people everywhere, and no, no, there there wasn't, and um, I had a lot of fun. Uh, we ended up taking my daughter to a creek, and uh, she caught her first trout, and she's rolling it in, and we get it up out of the water, and what does she say? She says, oh that's baby shark <laughs> so it was a lot of fun and now dad catches a lot of baby sharks and some of them actually come home and make it to the fillet board and now we eat baby shark too so very nice um, yeah yeah it's a lot it's of fun it's all about. <laughs> it is it is it's it's a lot of fun man so um i just want to to ask you guys kind of how the fishing is right now you gotta go ahead yeah i could touch on that a little bit uh, around where we we're at up near school where we go i mean the fishing's pretty hot uh weather's taking up hatches are coming off uh the blue wing olive hatch in pennsylvania and hendrickson's are absolutely insane so when they start coming off man the fishing gets great yeah. uh the fly guys the fishing's here you know the, the spinner heads are on them they're cracking them it's time to pull out the fly rods right? when you're going to get them uh, a little power bait might work but it's time for the flies lately it's been pretty good uh water temps they're right where you want them so it's been good we've been doing well so yeah so when you guys are fishing um you know this time of the year are you guys uh focusing on um certain types of streams and what i mean by that is um you know if you go to a stock stream are you guys hey we want to chase these rainbows you know these big these big pb or these big rainbows or or, or these um big hook jaw browns or are you guys more like a blue line chaser, you know, brook trout connoisseur kind of guys? <laughs> we we kind of, it really depends on the day. Um, like we'll wake up sometimes early in the morning. I know last weekend we went out and in the morning we were like, yeah, we're just going to go try and catch some stock fish and ended up not working. And then we just started targeting wilds and stuff like that. And it ended up being a good day. So it really just kind of depends. You just got to go with the flow. Yeah. Yep. I'd agree with that. Sometimes what I've run into is um, I'll go to, you know, uh, like the west side of where I live and maybe it rained or something and the water's muddy. And it's weird because then I'm like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to go to the east side of where I live. And it's, it's clear as day, you know, yep. or, or just, a, just a wee bit murky and that's perfect fishing conditions. But um along with that you know out you guys' way i think it's a little warmer um than it is here and um you guys usually able to fish like into late june mm -hmm. um okay yeah the, the lime the limestone creeks uh they stay cold the spring fed creeks right. they stay cold i always tell people is you know you're fishing when it gets hot in the summer i know a lot of guys are against it mm -hmm. there's to a certain point i'm against it too yep. but you use a rubber net you don't really hold them. We use really small flies. I'm talking grab the fly. You don't touch the fish. Maybe you cup the fish with the rubber net. Nice. Pop out that fly. The fish is back in the water. Yep. Other, I mean, when you start handling them, you start throwing them around. When yep. it gets hotter out, then you're playing with fire. But, you know, if you know how to handle them and you respect the, the fish, I mean, they'll, they'll be all right. Uh, yep. But there is a certain temperature you do got to gotta watch. Yep. So. A little bit different temperature for the type of trout um, that you're after uh, as far as how they get lethargic or how you're going to burn the oxygen out of yeah. them. But 
Um, that's that's a great point. Um, handling trout is something I see either people people get straight straight up just burnt online for touching a trout, yep. or you know, um, or they know what they're doing and they do a good job of. You know, if they don't have a net, maybe they're wetting their hands before they touch mm-hmm. it. Yeah, or... I think that's a huge thing because the oils on your hands takes that silky kind of like sliminess off them. And that's like they're like mucus, like protecting coat that really protects the fish. And you take that off of them, you know, that hurts them. But uh, mm-hmm. anymore, I, I haven't seen somebody this year really mishandle a trout. Uh, I think people are starting to really start to respect the, the outdoor a little more. Yeah. Yeah, I, I could agree with that a lot. I think that there's been a change and shift in that. Um, people are a little more educated on the catch and release method. Um, you know, I I know that I sort of, you know, I won't keep a wild or a native trout. And usually you usually you can tell the difference. I mean, uh, yep. you know, there are times where maybe you do keep a wild trout, uh, like a wild brown or like a wild rainbow. Usually, you know, like I said, you can, you can kind of, but maybe you make a mistake and, and you do keep one or... Um, uh, vice versa, maybe you think one is a native or, or a uh, like a, a wild brown, and you do release mm-hmm. it. But um, what you know, what do you guys do whenever you approach a new stream? Like, how would you go about that? Is are you guys on Onyx? Are you looking for a new stream? Are you uh, asking around? You know, h- how do you guys go about a new stream? And then when you do find a new stream, you know, what's the what's the first first method of approach? You guys chase each other to the stream and then whoever's fastest gets the first cast in the in the honey hole or what goes on here uh a, a lot of it uh, how we find new streams we try and get as many connections as you really can like he started uh knowing a guy named keith he's big guy around here he does guide trips and stuff like that um he kind of showed us the ropes and some aspects and showed us some new places so it kind of helps having that older generation kind of show you around and show you what to do. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's, you know, we were just talking about it right before we come on, you know, we as outdoorsmen as a whole are under attack for whatever reason that I can't understand. But at the same time, you know, what's going on with us is we, we're not only under attack from a lot of uh, maybe I don't want to get political, but maybe some left-wing establishments um, or more radical establishments. I just want to say left-wing, mm-hmm. um, where you know you guys are hurting the fish. You know, you 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 hurt it, right? And um, I, you know, these people need to be educated, and this is the only way to do it. You know, you yep. you have to tell them the truth and tell them what's really going on, and uh, tell them how, you know, if you do kill a trout or a fish or whatever you you got, how you do ethically do that and then also how you do ethically um catch and release and that these yep. fish aren't hooking you know getting hooked and screaming ah, ouch you know we're, we're in pain <laughs> right um yeah. so um it's it, it's it's a war that's worth fighting for for us and we're gonna do whatever we can to to keep the sport out ahead of us and i think the best way to start with that is to keep politicians out of um out of the biology aspect of everything because yeah i mean i'm not a biologist either i'll give you my point of view on how i think that we should regulate things but that doesn't mean i know what i'm talking about yeah um i know that we touched on uh you know what kind of trout you guys are fishing um ben what is what's your favorite trout to catch if you uh you're having a dream and it's a great dream what's 
What's the trout that you're bringing in? Uh, I would probably definitely say a wild brown. Nothing okay. quite fights just like a wild brown does. You can catch big rainbows all day, but you get you can get size like 14 inch wild brown, and they're pulling it like they're 23 inches. Mm-hmm. So I would definitely say wild brown. Nice, Eddie. What about you, man? What do you got? I'd have to second that, brother. I mean. I put my biggest one in the net earlier this winter. I put a 23-incher in the net, and it was an absolute stud. Had five-inch freaking fins. Beautiful fish. Female. She probably laid anywhere close to 2,000 eggs. I went upstream the next day, so, well, the males got to be here. They just got done spawning. Two casts. Funk. There's the male. 20-incher. I mean, they're so cool. Their colors are unbelievable. Those fins, there's nothing like them. I mean, yeah, catching a freaking slap. 22 inch rainbow is absolutely crazy. <laughs> yeah. but I'd catch an 18 inch wild brown with the most insane colors I've ever seen in our life over that all day. Yep. But yeah, that's me. But that's how we are. We we enjoy our wild fish. I mean, another thing too is the wild fish. You know, they they start this big. They start as big as my thumb. And you now that fish I caught, that thing's anywhere from 12 to 14 years old. And you know, the stream I was fishing, it gets a lot of pressure. So to catch that fish in there it was so rewarding and. It was, it was unbelievable. So the wild fish, just that's, that's where it's at for us for sure. I think you make a great point. You know, um, we were just talking about keeping them. And, you know, like say you were to go out and kill a wild brown that was 14 to uh, 16 inches, you know, you, you might be looking at a 9- to 10-year-old fish, right? Yep. Um, that's pretty wild. And then literally, I, you know, to live in that environment, and just think of the amount of predator tracks that you see around the water, right? Mm-hmm. maybe blue herrings or uh, the ducks and the beavers and the blue herrings are the fish killers man you you know it. you know it man yeah there's plenty of them out here we are loaded we got them too we got them too uh you know one of these days maybe we'll see a season come in on them bad boys and it'll be uh <laughs> <laughs> it'll be no holds bar on them freaking dinosaurs man they're like pterodactyls. Yeah, that's a mountain right there oh yeah <laughs> that, that would be one hell of a mount i i tell you what i can envision it right now i would have the birds standing there and it'd be like beak down in the water and i'd have some freeze-dried minnows underneath like a like a piece of plexiglass <laughs> or something like that right yeah, yeah that'd be neat that would be pretty cool man i'm, I'm a big mount fan so i i I could definitely appreciate that. So, um, let's move on to if you guys are going up to a body of water, right? We're we're getting to tactics just a, just a little tiny bit here, and um, what what do you start with? You know, you're going to locate a trout in the water. I know that this is really hard to talk about because there, there's so many different aspects of what you're going to see, right? You got like like me, what I prefer. Uh, so just make this easier. I prefer like a heavy undercut or I prefer like a, like a, like a real nice eddy in the stream that kind of mm-hmm. starts fast and then tapers off into a hole. And then kind of, maybe if I can even see where it comes back up, you know, to where it gets a little bit like more shallow. And I kind of know like right around the backside of that undercut where it's getting just a higher a little bit. I know that that's where probably the biggest trout's laying, but, yeah. um, I'll, I'll let you take off with that. Just kind of kind of give me what you see whenever you're looking at water. All right, well, I can probably cover that a little bit. Uh, we both do the same exact thing. Me personally, when I first walk up to a stream, Ben's the same way. We've been doing it like this. Like I said, we've had a lot of mentors teach us, but we are self-taught also. One thing I learned, we both learned, 
You first walk up to that water, I don't care if it's a six foot deep hole, a foot deep hole, don't step in the water right away. I'm all about ankle deep, right. and you're fishing to run close to you first. Because sometimes those fish are feeding shallow. You walk in, <laughs> guess what, there could be a 20 inch sitting there, and you're, it's gone. Hell yeah. So I always say you fish close, and then you work your way out. You find out where the fish are. We walked in, I mean, I walked in, polarized sunglasses, I step, there's 20 of them, and they're gone. There's sometimes I step in, I'm fishing close, nothing, nothing, working my way out. Um, a favorite thing to fish is definitely a riffle that's just coming off at a good, solid pace. And, and those eddies like you were just talking about, I mean, the fish, they like to sit next to those. That's where some dry flies, they like to sit there, they come up, feed, and they're right back in the run. So, I mean, runs with any kind of like bubble, yeah. Like the current makes a bubble. Like the oxygen, way. Oh, man. When you, you see that bubble, you can get your, like we float fish, uh, European fishing's huge too. Anytime you can get your flies lined up with that seam and that bubble coming down. Yeah. I mean, you know what I'm talking about, the white bubbles coming down the creek. You can line up your stuff. That's where the trout are sitting. That's where they're feeding. Mm-hmm. And that's where you got to get your flies down too. Yep. Yep. You make a, you make a great point. Uh, ben, do you want to touch on anything there? Just kind of what he was saying. You can definitely tell when there's a seam in the water. You, sometimes there's even a color difference in like the depth or the amount of substrate at the bottom that gets pushed around by that. Like if there's a rock in the water and that water's going around it, then there's definitely going to be amount of substrate that's going to be down there compared to if it was still water. Um, there's definitely going to be like more sand and smaller stones behind that big rock and you're definitely going to be able to tell the difference in the water yeah yeah i found that um in your uh like uh more shallow streams with the smaller pebbles in the back you know come time where uh the water gets a little tiny bit warmer you know not not too warm i found larger trout for whatever reason laying there in the early mornings Mm -hmm. or in the evenings you know yeah they're feeding yeah, they're probably they're probably feeding, and that's, that's another thing too. Like when we were talking about different color of water, me personally, you know, some riffles are coming down pretty hot. So a foot off the riffle, it's clear, mm-hmm. but there's that little tint of like green, or it's a little bit darker off that riffle. And I guarantee you, the fish are sitting in that. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they'll be sitting in the clear, but 90% of the time they're gonna be in that little tint of green that's coming off the water, yeah. or that little dark spot that's where they're sitting and hiding. I feel like. And, you know, this is just me just, you know, I'm just I'm whispering to the trout whenever I'm, I'm finding this information out. But they it's like they adapt with their camouflage like and they know yep. if they're over here where it is super clear and there's no under base or nothing to them. They're sticking out like a sore thumb. But if they get over where them leaves are sitting and it's that greenish tint, you know, it's so hard to see them. And I, I feel like yeah, that's, yeah, that's like the wild browns under undercut rocks. Right. Oh my! You won't even know they're there. Yeah. They'll tuck themselves under. About Good rip, luck. about rip the rod out of your hand. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> they smack it. That's why they're so fun. Oh yeah. yeah. I've caught a lot of brookies doing the same thing. You know, I think the thing with the brook trout is that I love the most is they they, it's like you cast in and they just they get so excited and they're all fired up and they're. Yep. I just. Yeah, they're 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 definitely in a uh, very aggressive fish. I agree. They're definitely. I mean, a wild brown's aggressive, but. There's something about a brook trout, man. They're, they get a little fire underneath them. They, they like to go. Yeah, they do. 
they do. I think it's because they thrive in that colder water. I think that yeah. really, oh, yeah. you know, that really yeah, helps them. You're the one fish in the heat. You got to be careful. Oh, yeah. I'd, I'd have to say the brook trout in the heat, that's your one. They got to pick one. I'd say the brook trout are probably your number one in the heat. Yeah. I'd be careful with them. I would ag- they don't like them. I would agree with you 100%. Um, unfortunately, that is the case. They're a very fickle fish, as fickle as a trout already is. You know, I mean, it's yeah. a, it's super finicky to play with, and you have to be careful if you're going to catch and release. But, you know, I will say the rainbows and the browns are much tougher fish, and even the browns seem to do better in warmer water. And what, mm-hmm. what I've found is, you know, of course, your mountainsides – you know, that's where you're going to catch your brook trout. That's where the water's colder. That's your limestone streams, your underground springs, and, you know, you're on, on mountain trout. When you get in these valleys, you know, that's where I find the browns, at lower yeah. lower uh, elevations, right? And it, not saying that I don't find the browns up in the higher elevations. I just don't find as many of them. And whatever, yeah, no, the, you know, what, right, whatever that reason is, I don't know. But at the same time, you know, if there was a whole bunch of browns in the stream, I don't think that you're going to catch too many brook trout in there because um, the browns yeah. will wreak, they'll wreak havoc on them. They'll, yep. they'll eat the shit out of them. But um, yeah, they're very aggressive. They are. They are. I've seen, I've seen some pretty wild, wild stuff from brown I'm trout. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's, they're, they're, they're cool, man. We've had some stories down here. We've seen it happen where they throw in stocked fish and you'll see big male wilds come out and chase them right when they get thrown in the water. It's pretty cool to see. But yeah, yeah they're yeah. They are one of a kind, and uh, I've actually talked to some older gentlemen that have taught me that um, I can't think of the actual term for uh, for the nest that they'll lay the eggs in. I think it's called mm-hmm. is a, a reed or a red or something like that. But yeah, I and they're reds. They're yeah. reds, yeah, that's it. And yeah. they will, um, if the brook trout has one there, the brown trout will come in and they'll, they'll knock it right out of there. They'll mm-hmm. make their own, yeah, you know. The brown, the brown trout are very... Very protective of their reds. I mean, I don't know if you ever seen a mother goose on her eggs. We just had it happen last weekend. We were fishing a stream, and we're fishing, and we're walking down, and there's a mother goose sitting right there. Mm-hmm. Both of us interactions with mother gooses don't go too well. Right. This one, <laughs> she didn't even move. We got to meet the computer away, and she was just protecting her eggs. And the browns are the same way. Yeah. Anything comes near, they're going after it, and they're eating it. They're drilling it. Right. Yeah, I think sometimes they just strike to kill too. You know, I've yeah, just seen that yeah. seen that numerous times. Like they don't want to eat it; they'll just strike it to kill. Especially like I've I've witnessed that using live minnows for bait and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, um, they're they're definitely territorial. I'd say. Yeah, they've got their territory. They do. They really do. Um, let's go down the road of uh, what you guys' favorite fly. Do you have a favorite fly, or maybe not even fly? Maybe just tackle. You know, not all the times does it does it call for flies. You could be using um, uh, streamers. You could be using live bait like a minnow, or uh, you know, wax worms, uh, uh, caddis worm. Um, uh, maybe you got it. Maybe you have uh, live stone fly nymphs because, I mean, there's not too much better than that in a stream. Yeah. Um, what yeah, you- we're definitely big like nymph guys. Um, nymphs, midges. We use traditional like uh, pheasant tails, hare's ears, stuff like that. Um, pretty small too. We don't go usually much smaller than 16 most of the time. Um, and we, we usually do tandem rigs. Uh, we usually put bigger one on top, smaller on the bottom. Um, usually running like black WD-40s. 
black zebra midges. Nice. Really, it, you can always tell, but just by picking up stones too. Like we just started doing that more and more and it, it works. You just gotta kinda know what flies are what and just kinda go from there. Yeah, that's the beauty of, of fishing. You know, get out there as often as you can because when you get older, yep. And you get a family, I can I can attest that it's a lot harder to get out there. So do it as much as you can now. And, yep. and, and 7 a.m. tomorrow, we're waking up and going. So. Yeah, very good, man. You know, um, and I try to preach this to some guys. I, I had a lot of fun when I was younger, you know, 21, 22, 23. You know, you want to go out boozing and, and running around and howling at the moon and all that stuff. But, you know, I, I swear to you, I would take most of that back to be able to wake up at 4 a.m. and go. And go fishing. Yeah. And go yeah hunting and stuff and i and i did that you know it's hard to burn the candle at both ends trying to you know appease both crowds but i don't know man there's just something about the wild that just can't be beat and uh i I I wish i wish more people could see that you know yeah if i if you can bottle up that feeling when you catch just a giant fish or even like deer hunting when a big buck walks out and you just start shaking you can bottle that up be a millionaire personally i mean there's no there's no better feeling. True. But at the same time, you know, I mean, I think why it's why we love it so much is because it's so freaking hard. And when you do hard shit, you get great rewards. So, yeah, uh, you know, yeah, nothing, nothing wrong with the challenge. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. So, um, yeah, that's I, I think, you know, just to touch on what my favorite bait may, may or may not be. I, I find that I catch the most trout on if I'm willing to use a minnow. Um, in a stream, uh, live minnow. That is, I've yep. tried the salted stuff and the fake and all that, and it works okay, but it's not the same. Uh, but uh, to me, I think that the mayfly nymph is, I think that's the best thing that you can use for trout in a stream, especially when they're feeding. You just can't keep them on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but what do you do with changing water conditions? You know, uh, sometimes you have low water, sometimes you have high, heavy, fast water, and then other times... The weather happens, right? So you have colder weather, you have warmer weather, and then you have rain, right? Snow mm-hmm. changes things, ice changes things, um, rain changes things. So when you have a changing weather condition, uh, what do you guys look to do, right? Uh, you have low water, or you guys even fishing? You have heavy, fast water, right? It just rained. Uh, maybe it's milky, right? Maybe you got some chocolate milk out there. Like, do you have anything that you guys feel like you're doing different than somebody else or something that somebody taught you down down the line that, that you guys are practicing? Yeah, I could probably talk about this one a little bit. Um, talking about, we can start with lower water. Uh, lower water, personally, as if someone was fishing, you know when it's too low. You know what I mean? You walk out to a run that maybe you fished a stream before. You walk out to a run and you know it's three feet deep and you're like, oh my God, it's eight inches deep. Yeah. Probably should not be fishing the water. Yeah. Fish go in the stress. Uh, it's very hard for them to, and you start throwing stuff on and it gets them even more stressed out. That's when bad things happen to streams. But on another point, whenever it rains and we get that high milky water, sometimes we like fishing that. A lot of guys shy away from it. They get nervous. I don't recommend walking out to your hips, but walk out to, you know, a comfortable spot. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they're in those soft sides because mm-hmm. they can't swim in the, like the heavy current, so they'll come over to the soft, and sometimes, I mean, we've had great days of milky, heavy, coming down hard water, yep. and yep. we're not in the water far, but we're fishing the soft seams, and the fish like to sit there, and they're feeding because the water at the bottom's getting stirred up, 
But um, personally, my favorite, and Ben will probably second this, favorite water condition would have to be when the water just has that little tint of green. Yeah. It's just got that little mineral to it. Mm-hmm. That's when the fishing's lights out. Yep. Rainbows, brook trout, browns, you name it. That's my kind of water. Raise it has that little tint. That's when I'm waking up before everybody else, and I guarantee you we'll be on the water before you. <laughs> yeah, just like that was like he just said last Sunday that happened. It rained that Saturday, and we went out. What when did we get up? Four thirty. Yeah, we got up early. Got up at four thirty and went to a stream up in Slatington, uh, and that's when I ended up catching that twenty-seven inch rainbow. So, that yeah. definitely I would second the like the day after it rains with that emerald tint that's what you want yeah i agree 100 percent. like um it's supposed to just trickle around here tonight and yeah. um, streams are a little bit low but i know of a stream yeah. that doesn't get very low for one reason or another and um after the little bit of rain like this it's i mean it's like shooting fish in a barrel. I already, yep, yeah. I already That's know. Start feeding. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I already know what I'm going to get into. So, um, yeah, I think another reason talking about how you just said the streams are low. I mean, we didn't have the snow melt this year like we did years prior, yeah, make good and that point. changed things big time. So when we, when we get rain, we need rain. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like right now, personally, the streams aren't hurting, but they're not where they should be for this time of year. We don't have that snow melt, and we don't have heavy downpours coming in we, we need we need like one day of this hardcore rain yeah. so the streams just get a little bit up but they're they're still fishing good like we said earlier in the episode like it's it's still good fishing it's cold at night so the stream's cold so yeah, yeah you you make a good point um i have found that other than like right after rain like you said when it's not chocolate milk I've caught them in chocolate milk, and I've also heard people say things like use certain colors, right? Um, I think everybody's heard the, the tail old, uh, you know, use uh, lighter colors, chrome-like colors for bead and stuff whenever it's uh, clearer, and then uh, bronze-like colors whenever it's milkier. Um, I've heard a whole bunch of different things. I don't know what how much steak to put into that stuff because if they're biting, as long as the presentation's there, yep. you know, they'll yeah. – They'll definitely, they'll definitely go after whatever you got. But, um, you know, you guys have been fishing, you know, since you were knee high to a grasshopper. And I, I told you what, what you'll probably find from, from doing this episode and this show is you, you might have people reach out to you. And usually the people that reach out to me are people that are wanting to learn. Right. And that's why a lot yep. of people listen to these podcasts. So what are some of uh, some of the advices that you would give to guys that are just getting into fishing? Okay, um, it's it's kind of hard to just touch on fly fishing because we all got to start somewhere. And sometimes maybe hey, you're an unwritten book, and you know just jump right into to swinging a line around, or um, you know hey, sometimes spin fishing is better off for some people. You know it all depends on how much time they have and what they got going on. So if you yeah. guys could just touch on what, what you would give as far as advices and, and how to go about starting up. Yeah, we actually get this a frequent amount. Like I said, we both are up at school and we actually both work at Cabela's. He's in the fly shop and I'm out in the fishing department out on the floor. So we, we get this situation a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, it really depends on 
has that person that person ever fished before and if they haven't i would usually lead them more towards spinning just because that's kind of a good easy starter go-to um but for fly fishing if that was what they were going to go for i would definitely say the hardest thing that you probably have to get down is casting do it in your yard that's what we always say practice in your yard without any flies or leader on there and once you get that down then that's when you're going to start to enjoy it more when you go out yeah you make a good point it's it's something that you need to be patient with though right um yep and that's why it's so rewarding and it's it's it is it's harder okay let's face it there's not just a spinning reel on there and you can't just turn the handle and bring a line in um there's a there's a little bit of practice that comes with that and where out you know where i would say is you know open water get out on open yep. water first and then and then you yeah, can even like a pond or a lake right yeah open around them, yeah you know? uh, uh, a farmer's pond you know pond or uh yep. you know go knock on some guy's door and say hey i see you have a pond down there maybe it doesn't even have any trout in there but there might be some some uh you know some some yeah, pan it's, fish it's all about getting your foot in the door right you know trying the sport you know there's very few people I talk to that say, wow, I just tried fishing and I hate it. There's a lot of people I talk to that are like, dude, this is, this is awesome. I love it. Yep. Yeah. From catching sunnies to 20-inch wild browns. People, they love it. So, yeah. yeah, we are very blessed here in this state. We have some of the best uh, waters for trout in, in the entire country. I would put us in the top five, top six category personally. Mm-hmm. Um, I thoroughly agree. I think that our um, our fish commission uh, does about uh, the best job that they can do with the uh, the funding and stuff that they have. I believe personally, if we had a uh, combined system for uh, wildlife instead of uh, two split entities, I think yep. that they might have more resources. And, and actually be able to even elevate it higher or further than it is now. And I also lean on DEP, EPA, or whoever to help clean up uh, mine, you know, mine runoff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, maybe it's not their responsibility or whoever, but if it ain't them, I, you know, whoever else, I, I, yeah. I don't know. There's other, there's other uh, organizations out there and stuff that do help clean up water, but, you know, I, yep. I feel like that's, that's something we should really be focusing on because there's probably four streams around my house here. They would be absolute killer streams. Just, I mean, the one looks like it's made out of a snake and that's, that's what I'm looking for. All yeah. right. Yeah. That sucker wants to bend like that. You know, I, I want to fish it. Unfortunately it's a sulfur Creek and um, you know, God bless all the cool miners and stuff because I have a lot of cool miner and, and family, and I may not even be around without the cool mines, to be honest, is yeah. just where my heritage lies. But, um, you know, we we got to clean up some of the old stuff that happened, some of the runoff that come out. And uh, yep. that's that's what I would like to see happen. But uh, That's even – it could even be on the fishermen too, not at that big of a scale. But right, right. If there's – if you pass a bunch of line in the stream, pick it up. same with trash and garbage and stuff like that um i know the other day i was talking to somebody and they were saying that they bring a backpack with them and they fill it up with trash and stuff like that whenever they go fishing and i think if more people did that then it might help kind of conserve the creek a little bit too yep you make a great point i actually take a backpack with me and i'll clean up trash as i move through through the stream and 
Um, I'm all for you guys taking, you know, guys having a beer on the stream or, um, you know, a, a, a cup of coffee or a Mountain Dew or whatever. But, you know, if we're going to carry that stuff in, we got to bring that stuff back out with us. Yep. Um, fishermen have a really bad, really, yes. really bad um, yep. reputation of loitering or uh, littering. And um, actually, I would say, yeah, loitering too, loitering in the same spot, which kind of annoys me for some reason. But, um, oh, yeah. Uh, they they don't do a very good job of cleaning up, and it's unfortunate. No. But at the same time, you know, we can we can pick up the slack. Um, yep. You know, that's yeah, sure. that's how we lose access. That is the quickest way to lose access. A lot of the waters here in Pennsylvania are on private ground. Yep. So, you know, we got to make sure we're doing our part to help uh, people that own it clean up, or uh, you know, we're gonna lose we're gonna lose access, and we sure as hell don't want to see that because I know three or four of my best spots are on private ground. So mm -hmm. um, I want to, to jump into some of the most memorable moments that you guys have fishing. Um, and that can be together. Uh, that can be, uh, you know, I would say I love fishing together with my friends and family. I think that the hardest thing is you have to be farther, far, you know, far apart to fish where you're doing your own thing. But at the same time, if the water's quiet enough, you like to be able to chat back and forth right so it is it, it's hard to fish with a buddy but at the same time it's like hey i'm killing them down here or you yeah. know you know look at this look at this big bastard i just pulled out of there right or uh hey net net that thing you know because we all know how it's you got one hand up here and it's like man i wish i had that go go gadget arm to net that yeah. bitch. but <laughs> um yeah it's so just touch on some of the stories man give me give me a couple memorable moments like when you hear that memorable moment it's like you know that's that's the time I remember. Yeah, I think we can do like Ben can say one, I can say one, we can say the one that we have together then too. Like yeah, we can that's perfect. Talk about them too. Well, what we don't really spend much time without each other fishing. Like every time we go, it's usually together. Mm -hmm. Like it's a rare instance when we're out by ourselves or something like that. So we're usually a buddy system, and it's usually safer that way. But probably one story that I have. Um, I think what one is our freshman or sophomore year of high school uh he had caught this big palomino and i went in to net it and it ended up taking both of us to hold it like this and i just ran past the picture the uh the other day of both of us standing in like knee high in water holding the palomino with this and it's flopping in both of our hands mm -hmm. so it's it's little memories like that that you kind of go past and that's kind of what it's all about yeah I agree. What do you think, Eddie? Yeah, I mean, I have, I mean, talking about me and Ben fishing, I mean, I remember the first time I took Ben up to my cabin, and uh, the first time he ever caught his, his first ever Pennsylvania trout, and it was just awesome. I mean, we were, from that moment on, we said, dude, let's 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 rock. Let's take it away with it. And ever since then, I mean, we, we love the sport. We love doing it. And like I said, it's very rare we don't go without each other. Just safety reasons, you know, we, we like to wade in the water. Yep. God forbid something ever happened. But also, you know, pictures. Pictures are a big thing anymore with social media. <laughs> yeah, right, you need, right. need your camera guy, uh -huh. but uh, net job, all that kind of stuff. Just, you know, we, 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 like, we like going together, spending that time. Because, uh, you know, we are in school. It's it's stressful being in school. So when we can get out and just kick back and catch some fish, it's awesome. But um, another memory, too, is, you know, like I said, I have a lot of people that have taught me a lot of things about hunting and fishing. Um I mean, there's 
I got so many people on my mind right now. Uh, my grandparents, like my grandfathers. I remember the first time my grandfather, Carl, took me fly fishing. We went up to his private fly fishing club up in Lakesley, Pennsylvania. We went up and I have so nervous to this day. He gave me a fly rod, one of his. I had on my waders. He put on a woolly bugger and he said, gash right there. I threw it in, bang, caught one, fell in love with the sport ever since. Took off with it. Um, and then two and a half, three years ago, my buddy Tom Spray, he introduced me to this guy named Keith Gardner. And Keith has taught us the ropes, man. This guy is the most unbelievable fly fisherman I've ever met in my life. Uh, like I said, he guides around the valley, guides in Jersey. And Tom said, Eddie, dude, like, I met Tom on the stream from my one buddy, Caden. And Tom said, you got you to gotta meet this guy. You got to. And he took me underneath his wing really big and showed me the ropes. I mean, I when I first started fly fishing, I had woolly buggers. I had flies that were size 12. And this guy's like, hang on now, buddy. Here's a size 20. And it changed the world. And, you know, it's people like that that you just thank so much for teaching you things and showing you the ways, and especially when it's family members like your grandparents going out with you. I mean, yep. it's just something special yep. for sure when you make those memories. And like my grandfather's 86 years old, and me and Ben, we still take him. And he's just got a smile on his face the whole time. And that means a lot to you because he showed you. And, you know, he might not get around the same, but, you know, it's something special to get out in the water with the ones you love and enjoying the outdoors. So when you do take your grandfather, my question for you is how much fishing does he do or how much how much watching does he like to do you? <laughs> That's funny you say that. Uh, recently we've been taking him out and um, he he's a diehard streamer. Like he loves his streamers. Like I'm like, Carl, man. That's what I call him. He's my mom's, my mom's mom's husband, but my parents got... The, their parents got divorced, so I call him Carl, but he's really my grandfather. Mm -hmm. So my grandfather, Carl, he is diehard streamer. I'm like, Carl, man, try out the nymph. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> this guy is religious to the streamer, and um, he rips him out. But there's sometimes the streamer, eh, it ain't working. So he'll pop a squat on a rock, and he'll watch us go at it, and he's just, he loves it. He loves watching us catch fish. Yeah. I mean, laughing, cracking jokes, just having a good time. It's what it's all about. We love this. We love taking them out because, you know, it's hard for him to get out, put them in the truck. We say, let's go and put them on some fish. And, man, he has a ball. Yeah. I think that um, what you'll find whenever you, you uh, get older or you guys uh, have a family or whatever the plan is, is even if you had a pupil and you're, you know, you're, you're the mentor, is he's just sitting back reaping the the benefits of his labor you know you you get to right. see what you what you put out there and what you created and that's sometimes it's better to just watch that happen yeah um yeah. but yeah. you know you guys are you're you're both really lucky that you had the mentor and the people that were available and ready to show you right how how to do this how to do this yeah. stuff and we yeah. have to yeah. we, we were saw we were self-taught for the longest time and then we started really getting into it and then we just had a couple people come in say hey try this and this and then we'd go and try it and we put our own little twist on it like for example some flies you know some people might time full brown body okay full brown body and they use all brown thread well i'll put a brown body on it maybe i'll put black thread on it changes the world you know like yeah. it's just 
the little things and what you use in them and what people are teaching you. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it's kind of insane that a fish, right? This this dumb this dumb thing that sometimes you can just get in a net can be so precise on the mm-hmm. way that something is presented to them. You know, whether your fly hits the water like this or it hits the water yeah. like this, you know what I mean? Or just yeah, like you said, I, the little I, nuances of black and, and, and uh, brown string instead of, you know, yeah. white or whatever. That would yeah, be. That's like the guy I was just talking about, Keith. We were out fishing with him. I'm like, hey man, what are you putting on? He's like a size 26. And I'm like, are you out of your mind? Like that is Min- tiny. Minuscule. Two casts later, on. And you gotta think to yourself, how in the heck does this fish see this little thing coming through the water? You'd be surprised. Yeah. It's it's crazy. It's it's wild. You know, they But it's so and it, Ben can say this too. We got into fly tying and Marcus, when you catch your own fish on your own fly, you catch a fish on your own fly, I mean, oh, it's, there's nothing like it. You put in the time and the effort to make it exactly how you want it. You're sitting there with your hand, and it's starting to hurt, and you get the fly exactly how you want it. And Ben, some of Ben's biggest fish this year have been on his own flies, and it's it's so cool. Yeah, it's that's definitely that, one of the coolest things. That's awesome. I, I, I can't think of many things, you know, much cooler than that. And I'd say you know down down the road or something like that. I'll I'll definitely try to, um, to 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 tie my own flies, but yeah, you we'll, should, man. we'll see we'll see how it, it goes. It's um, definitely it's, worth it. It's busy as it is, but hopefully, hopefully I find time and I can learn how to tie flies and yeah, um, I will I will man. If the, I have my feet in so many fires and um, I love I love the traditional side of things. And, you know, I know it won't be long for me to pick up a trad bow here, too, and, 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 and get on that journey. I have a lot of guys beating me down here. Um, they're, they're ready for – their arms are open, and they're ready for me to, to join, join the dark side, if you will. So, oh, yeah. Come on um, over. <laughs> yep, yep. So I am, I'm well on the way. Um, but speaking of different, different things uh, used for one trade, do you guys have any type of gear that you recommend? Um, you know, I, I'm not I'm not a huge gear head, but you know sometimes a little bit different gear can help. And um, do you guys have anything that you usually point anybody in, in a certain direction to? Because I know you've probably used a lot of different things. Yeah, uh, one of the things like, like we kind of touched on earlier with that when you're extending long back with your fly rod, it's kind of a pain when you have little tiny stubby handled nets. We actually started using a net. It's probably got a two and a half foot handle on it. Nice. Um, sold at Cabela's and you can really extend far out when you got your rod all the way back and it kind of makes it a lot easier to land, especially bigger fish mm-hmm. um, with something like that when it's got a little bit of a longer handle. Yeah, that's cool. You make a really good point. Some people might not think of small little nuances like that. You know? Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, what my buddy told me one time was he brings a real heavy towel, right? And he wraps his wading boots in this real heavy towel that he has at the end of the day. That way, when he leaves them in the back of the truck and we get a frost, they don't freeze in there. Yeah, that's smart. I never really thought of that. And I said, really, just that. He said, yeah, he said, you know, the towel's so thick, just keeps just enough, enough of that air out of there too, to Mm -hmm. keep them from crusting up and getting all hard and frozen up. 
Yeah, I mean, I know one little silly thing like, like that. We've been through phones like there's no tomorrow. Our parents, they're not too happy when we go fishing. We have waterproof cases now, but a sandwich bag on the phone is your best friend. For anybody out there who's maybe putting their phone in water one too many times, a sandwich bag in the waders, it's a good thing. But talking about gear on that point, people are afraid. Uh, I work in the fly shop at Cabela's. People are afraid of the big rods. They're afraid of the 10-footers, the 11-footers. Those 10 foots, 11 foots are what land the fish. Right. Because you got that short rod and you're maybe running that 6X tippet, which is only about 2.4 pound test. You got that short rod, that fish is pulling. You don't got that bend really that's coming off. It's breaking. We use 10 foot rods. And that's one reason why we land such big fish too, because we have that so much length and you have so much of a bend at the top of the rod. And we can run that lighter tippet. We can run that certain line and we can, you can almost horse them because you got so much rod that it's it's way more beneficial yeah. so i always tell people don't don't be afraid to if you can if you can fit it i know some people you go up like north in the poconos you ain't getting a 10 foot route right. some of those understood shoes. yeah they you know what i mean like, like an eight foot even like a, i just sold a seven foot two two weight the other day i was like holy crap like this dude's going for dating brookies and you know but if you can get a big rod in there that's that's your go-to yeah but I, I will agree with you on that 100% uh, any day of the week. Uh, not only are you able to land fish in a, in a better manner, you are, are able to get it out there further if you need to. Yep. You know, a, a bigger rod will get you more, more length. It will get you yeah. out there further. You just have a lot more you're working with. And you're right. Yeah. I, I don't know why guys shy away from that rod. Now, like you said, yeah. You're not going into mountain laurel or the honeysuckle with a 11 foot and if you are sure let us come watch and we can laugh for a while and <laughs> you know what i mean um yeah but yeah i you know you guys make that those are those are really great points and those are the little things that you look for especially you know when you're talking to other guys and and they kind of have that in their hip pocket and they're waiting to share something like that with you and you you kind of stand back and you're like damn oh, yeah. yeah you know when you when you when you catch something like that you know that's yeah for sure that's that's something that that uh that, that i can get done. one other good thing that i'd probably say is probably a decent pair of polarized sunglasses is one it makes it easier for walking in the water and two you can see basically anything yeah. in that water yep makes, it makes it a lot easier yeah definitely helps with the safety aspect you know yep um stepping on a log rolling over or something and next thing you know you're you're uh cold water you're the cold water express or you're filled yeah, up you're water. miserable the rest of the day because you're wet from the waist down yeah i know that wet feet have never stopped me but they're definitely miserable and uh, oh yeah yeah we we've we've been swimming in waders before so some fish they're that big and he had one on the one time and he's sitting there he's like oh my god it's huge i ran out well i didn't have one of my sunglasses and i fell right in the water waders are filling up we still netted it but it's uh what it's all about it so. is man it is really what it's all about and i <laughs> i i love it i love being being part of it um you know th there's a lot changing within the culture of fishing whether it's fly fishing or um you know whatever type of fishing people are doing and uh this this show is for the aspect of trout but do you think that right now there's anything as far as technology concern that is too much um something that could help more how do you feel about technology aspect as, as when it comes to on the water? I think technology has taken over the sport in a good way. Okay. Um, 
you look at a fly reel from 1980 <laughs> and you look at a Lamson Guru right now, fresh off the cell. There's no comparison. These reels, the rods, everything is made very well. Now, of course, you got your cheaper end stuff. If you're a beginner, you buy your cheaper end stuff. You get up higher in the Fenwicks, the Atoses, the Thomas and Thomas rods, and you're talking $800 rods, the technology is there. The fiberglass rods, it's cool. There's so much to it, and I don't think the sport would be at where it's at today. I don't think there'd be as many people doing it if we didn't have such great technology. Yeah. I think you make a good point. I don't think that there's anything in the fly fishing aspect. Um, you know, I actually, I want to go as far as saying in the trout fishing world, that is yeah. like super, um, you know, this is going to help you be much better than the other guy beside you. You know, when you're talking about some other fish, um, certain fish finders and stuff and different lakes yep. and stuff like that. Yeah, I, I think, uh, talking about that, I think that's that's come a little bit far. I think that's a little, like, uh, I forget what it's called, the bass fishermen use it. Oh, man. It's, it's a, Was it's it a, like live scope? Yeah, those live scopes. I mean, might as well just stick your head underneath the water <laughs> with a pair of sunglasses and start looking around as far as I'm concerned. I yeah. mean, that's... That part of technology, the fly fishing part, I think the technology is great. Fish finders, I think it's cool, so you're not wasting your time. But at the same time, me personally, we were talking about it earlier, I like a challenge. I want to jump on the boat. I want to go out. I want to fish. If I'm not catching them, okay, I'm going to move. I'm not going to sit there on my fish finder with my head glued to it trying to figure out where they're at. I mean, I think it's neat. Like ice fishing, they got like the fish finders and stuff. But those like live scopes, I mean, that's just... Talk about fishing out of a barrel. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> right. I enjoy watching some of the videos for, like, the uh, like the walleye guys out on the water. Yeah, I, I, think, like, I think it's so cool, like, the technology. Like, right. don't get me wrong. I'm not bashing it. I right. think it's so cool. But at the same time, it's like, I don't know. It's I almost like, cheating in a sense. Yeah. Like, I like going I mean, out I there agree. and freaking hooking on myself, not my live scope catching the fish. <laughs> yeah. I I have to agree. I, I don't, like, I don't like the word cheating. I don't know. Like, as long as it's it's legal, then I don't know that it's cheating. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. It's, it is... It's assistance. Legal right. assistance. <laughs> right. Um, you know, like I was saying before, I feel like fly fishing and, like, uh, like maybe, like, traditional archery kind of go hand in hand with each other. There's not many shortcuts you can take, right? It's like, it's like you, you don't go to the gym and just hang out and come out fit. Right, you got to. Yeah, you don't you, come out with a rock hard six pack of abs from sitting there going, "Hey, buddy, how's your workout going?" <laughs> right. So you kind of you got to put in the work, and um, yeah. I feel like that's why those two um, coincide very well. There's lots of practice. Yeah, there's lots of um, mm -hmm. little nuances that you like yeah. that that you get, and it's. Yeah, I think just talking about like hunting there. I think like I think it goes hand in hand with fishing. Like the live scope, it's almost like I'm baiting deer. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, I don't like doing it. Uh, I mean, it's illegal in Pennsylvania. I hope no one does it. But <laughs> I, I just, you know, it's just, it's just not the same. When you put in your time, like for deer hunting, you put in your time, you find out where they're at, what time they're coming and feeding, what time they're on this trail, and then it pays off. I think it's the same thing of bass fishing or even trout fishing. We know some streams. Okay, I know if I go this time at 8 a.m., I know I'm not catching anything. I wait a half hour, I'm going to hit them. Yep. And that's putting in your time. Like we keep, we used to keep it inside our phones. We used to keep like water temp, 
while they're outside, what we used, and you put in that time, and then it all pays off, and it's so rewarding. I mean, we catch, I've caught two 20-inch wild browns this year that I know, like I know the fish, and it's so cool when other people are sitting there and they're throwing, 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 not catching it, I walk in, boom, I catch it, because I put in my time, I know the fish, and it's trophy fish, but you know them, and that's what I think is so rewarding. But at the same time, with technology, I think it is very cool how you can do that. But personally, as we are, for as young as we are, we like the old-fashioned way. Put in your time, it pays off. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's that's why you like it. You know, you guys have already learned that, and you've already established that the more time you yeah. put in, the better that your results are. Um, you know, what, what do you guys think uh, about trout populations? Uh, I know that, you know, you guys have been fishing for a while, but um, trout populations... Uh, size um, of and the quality of what you're catching and then we'll get into maybe some things that uh, we would like to see change or stay the same here in our great state well I know around here uh, at least in the Lehigh Valley there's been a few droughts past few years um, so that that kind of hurts well obviously it hurts the wild population and stuff like that even stockfish mm -hmm. um, but we're just now kind of starting to see them coming back. Uh, you're catching more and more wild fish. They're of like decent quality. Um, even we're even starting to see some some nicer rainbows that almost seem to have kind of like a wild look to them. Um, now that that doesn't mean that they are wild. They just might be getting colored up in the hatcheries and stuff like that. But yeah. I would definitely say that the wild fish are starting to make a comeback in the Lehigh Valley with, with the droughts. The yeah, past. that's like the little Lehigh got low that one year, and uh, it got real low, and it's finally coming back. Like the browns are finally coming back. It's finally good fishing. But personally, uh, we, we both talked about this. We fish a lot of state streams that are state stock. Sometimes the state puts in the minimum size. Mm -hmm. They put in the 8 inches. Right. Us personally... I mean, they're in there to keep, they're in there to release. You want to keep them? That's great. Right. Go right ahead. Yep. Eat them, of course. I know some dudes, they'll throw them in their freezer seven months later. Oh, right. well, I forgot that thing's in there. Yeah. But yeah. I think if you're going to keep them, I think they should bump up the legal size. Because yep. I think it should be, personally, I think it should be 12. Okay. I think it should be 12 inches. Because you you're talking about the fish that's maybe got a little bit more meat on its bones. You're trying to, some people are catching fish to feed their family. I'm all for it. And eight inch fish, I mean, you maybe got two bites there out of it. There was that guy at your cabin. He had like a six inch yeah, brook trout. Yeah, he had a six inch on. brook trout on. The thing was probably native. And I was like, brother, I mean, what, what are you going to do with that? You're going to. Yeah. You can put it in a sardine. Make it into a french fry? Yeah. Like, what are you doing with he's it? He's going to put it in a sardine can with some mustard. <laughs> Something. I think he's going to make a french fry. Yeah. I don't think he was even making anything worthwhile. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with you. Um, that would that would be cool. Uh, I would be down with yeah. that. It's um, the same thing with deer hunting. You know, like deer hunting, they put the three on one side. Right. Think about how many. I mean, you. I know you said you're deer hunting. Think about how many more trophy deer you see. Oh yeah. If they bumped up the legal size to twelve, let's do some more. Maybe some more trophy fish. I think you make a great point. I think you make, um, you know, something that that should be looked at. Um, you would have to talk with the biologist on what the reasoning is behind the way it is now, because yeah. I, I don't know. You know, I I actually remember. I don't even know if you guys are old enough to remember this, but we used to <laughs> you used to keep eight trout, 
It was yeah, eight. Yeah. My, my dad talks about it all the time. And he says, mm-hmm. because if you still buy a stringer, it still has eight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Some of them do. Some of them have five. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, it was wild, man. The times were wild. I can, t- I can attest to it. You know, we, we ate them all when we were younger and, and stuff. And I can just remember the amount. Oh my I mean, God. Eight, the amount of travel. 20 inches on a freaking stringer. Yeah. <laughs> That, yeah. that's a talk about some weight <laughs> yeah we uh we would help stock and stuff you know and yeah. boy i can tell you i remember you should have seen some of these stock trucks i mean i don't know what's on them now um as far as how many fish but i can tell you the amount of fish that used to come off a stock truck would blow your mind like mm-hmm. insane yeah. amounts you're talking you know nowadays i help stock and we'll put you know two buckets in here two buckets in here, three buckets yeah, in here, right? And you you might see a total of like 15 buckets to 18 yep. buckets. I would you would see 10 to 15 buckets going in each spot. It was wild, man. Yeah, not not just one spot, the whole right. freaking stretch they did. Right. Yeah, that's a that's a great point you just made. I think one big thing is even at my cabin like I just the state doesn't just have the fish. Um, the price of things, the market, yeah, the economy is. is so high right now. Um, it's not like people aren't buying the licenses. I think it's just it's just hard right now. I think COVID took a big toll on fishing with like the fish and getting them inside the streams and the quality and the numbers. But at the same time, I don't know about you where you're at, down where you are, but here, ever since COVID the sport has lifted off. People picked it up more. So I think you give it another two to three years, I think it might come back to that, honestly, because the state's going to grab, they're grabbing money now. They're grabbing a lot. There's a lot of people that are getting into the sport because in COVID, mm-hmm. we were sitting how we are right now. Yep. You're, you know what I mean? Nothing. And now people are picking up the sport because they picked it up during COVID. And then now I think they're going to get back to it. I hope so. Because, uh, man, uh, local stream here, we call it the honey hole. Uh, usually gets about 12 buckets. It got four this year. And we were like, okay, something's wrong. But once again, price is increased greatly. A 20-inch fish costs the state almost $120. So you're talking, that's that's a lot of money. with. Well, you know, in, so. I think that they could help their cause a little bit by being a little more transparent um, when it comes to telling yeah. people and making sure they understand you know, like we were talking about before we come on, there's a reason why there's not many brook trout being stocked. Yeah. There's a reason why you're seeing a lot of rainbows. I mean, almost all rainbows. You're going to see some brown trout stock, but, you know, even even they take longer to grow than, than, than your rainbows yeah. are growing. And Yeah, people think that they just grow like that. Right. There's a lot of time, a lot of studies, a lot of science that goes into raising healthy, good-looking fish. And, yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's it it's like I said, transparency, I think, would go a long way with them. You know, they they show up and they want to act like they're putting on a lot of fish and a lot of big fish. But, you know, the people aren't blind. They're they're watching mm-hmm. the buckets go in the water and they know that there can't be more than 50 trout in that bucket. Right. And yeah. when you go and put six buckets in and you look at everybody and say, hey, we put a thousand fish in. Well, how how? Right. And yeah, I think we have some of the best fishing, like you said, in in the country. Yeah, as yep. far as I'm concerned, will... there's wild browns that I catch. Yep, that look like they just fell out of Montana. Yeah, and I think 
I think they could do a little bit better. But at the same time, COVID smacked everyone in the jaw. Yeah. And it, it, I think I think it will come back. I think mm-hmm. uh, there's definitely a lot of volunteer help, which is cool. I'm sure when you go stocking, it seems like a lot of people are getting out. They want to help. They want to see the fish. Yeah. So I think it's going to – I think it might pick back up. I hope. Right. And, you know, for anybody listening who sits in their truck and writes down telephone pole numbers and watches us stalk the streams – I'm, I'm coming for you, mother. Um, I'm, I know who you are, and I'm, I'm watching you, and you're not. We, we, know, we know your vehicle. We know what vehicle you're that. in, and I'm telling you, you know, I see that too often, to be honest. But, you know, yeah. I like I said, teach is their own. I just like to put that out on the air and tell you, we know who you are. But Yeah, yeah we, we know who you are. We, we see when you walk away with your stringer. I know you saw them all go in. Yeah. We know who you are. But yeah. at the same time. Hey, they're doing their studies, I guess. <laughs> like I said, I want to I'll tip my hat to uh, the Pennsylvania Fish Commission, the Fish and Boat. I think yep. that they do well with what they have. I usually have great conversations and good run-ins um, yeah. with, with those guys. Uh, friend, friendly as anything. They, yep. Uh, yep. They, and they, they love seeing people out. Yep. I'm glad they protect the waters the way they do. And, yep. Um, Keep keep it keep it up because I know uh, two of them listening to the show here, so they know who they are, and um, you know we 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 thank them. They do they do what they can. Yeah, um, they, they they do the best they can. I know uh, I know a lot of people who want to be them, and I tell them all the time, like do it, man. You know we're, they're in need. They're yeah. just like they're just like law enforcement and educators. You know they're in need. Fish Commission is in need, and I think it's a great job. We were gonna do it too. It's it's something that's in need, and but the people are so friendly. They they love watching you fish. They're not out to get you. They're out to make sure you're doing it right. That's you know? right. That's right. Yeah, you you you're you're not scared unless you're you shouldn't be scared unless you're doing something wrong. Yeah, so, unless yeah. you're doing something wrong, then worry about the guy in the green suit. So <laughs> other than that, you're all right. <laughs> Read your damn fish regulations, and and it'll be yeah. fine. I and, understand what yep. you're fishing. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, with that, guys, you know, I, I, I think you guys had a, a, a great session with me here on the show. I, I gladly and greatly appreciate you coming through, uh, coming coming to me live here the whole way from the Lehigh. And, um, you know, I uh, want to leave with, um, let's do, if you guys could pick together. Now, you have to pick three guys together. Right? These could be any people that you know, people that you've seen, or people that you know of. I want you guys to take three three people fishing with you they could be Hmm. people you know people that you're you know acquainted with people that you're not acquainted with maybe somebody who you just hey i I think that guy'd be great to fish with right that's a good question out of anybody yeah anybody you can think of oh man That's a really good question, man. You got you got a stump there. Yeah. I mean, um, I mean, there's some pro guys, but like we had to talk. You know, I think. I mean, of course, our buddies. Our buddies are our number one go to. We had to pick. If I had to put, if we can group it into one real quick, our buddies. Yeah, I mean, there's there nothing go. better than fishing with our friends. There you go. You know, it's something about it. It's it's special. But uh, if we had to pick people, man, I don't even know. Probably someone on Team USA fly fishing. Pretty Joe cool. Humphreys. Joe Humphreys. I'd love them. I'd love to go on a fishing trip with that guy. Yeah. And just watch. <laughs> I do. He uh, doesn't, doesn't live too far from here. Yep. No. Nope. He's right out. He's right out near State College area. But uh, there's there's lots of them. And one more. One more. Yeah. Yeah. If 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 you can think of one, 
Um, it's not the end of the world if you can't. Usually guys appreciate that because it gets them, it gets them into their head. But yeah. Um, uh, man, that's a that's a heck of a question. <laughs> I mean, there, there's a pro bass fisherman. I'd love to jump on boat with Scott Martin any day yep. of the freaking week. But <laughs> I'm gonna say him or Bill go. Dance probably. Bill Dance. I'd yeah. love to jump on a boat with them dudes. Yeah. But uh, I know there's some people. I mean, we're gonna put this on our Instagram. Uh, we're probably gonna put it on our personal social media. Yeah. Uh, anybody ever wants to go, feel free to DM us. Um, yeah. we'll, we'll take anyone. We'll show you the ropes. Like That's I said, awesome. I know a couple people that guide. Uh, I got some buddies that fish us like us, great fishermen. And I tell you right now, there's not many times that we go out and we don't catch fish. Yep. So, I mean, if you want to learn how to fly fish, you want to learn how to do it, uh, don't be afraid to DM us, DM Marcus about us, or even DM Marcus. I mean, I'm sure he'll take you out and oh, yeah. show you the ropes too. Yep. Yep, I do what I can on my side of things. My biggest thing that I push for is, you know, I want to see the kids out doing it. I will gladly yep. show any adult that wants help, yep. you know, as much as, as much that I know and, um, and and try to pass it to them. But, yeah. you know, I'm the way I'm born and bred is I, the kids, man, that's that's the way. And that's... Yeah, it's the future generations. Just like <laughs> us, people took us underneath our wings. We were yeah. every little bit of 13, 14. And, you know, another thing, too, if you're near the Hamburg area, Cabela's, Come up and say hi. You want to learn how to get into spin fishing, learn how to fly fish? We'll hook you up. We yeah. got stuff you can't even imagine for beginners and experts. Everybody from kid, I got kid fly rods. I got fly rods for dudes that are big timers. And you know, I think, like you just said, I think the biggest thing is with technology. Kids are glued to their phones, their iPads. Get them out. Yep. Get them out in the water. I mean, we. I can't tell you the last time I turned on an Xbox. Yep. So, well, yeah, we just gotta gotta keep the sport going. Yeah. You you do that stuff, and you know that you would be kicking yourself in the butt because you'd be going, man, I could be on the water right now. Man, I could yeah. be in the woods right now. Right? There's just yeah, you never you never know what you're gonna hook into. That's another thing too. You never know. You never well, know what's in the bottom of that stream. There's, yeah. It's that, just like deer hunting. There's always a bigger one. That always. and the and the one more cast. You know, I I yep. there's times where I think we're my bad. wife. We're bad with that, man. Well. <laughs> We will still be fishing right now. Right. Here we're at it's nine o'clock. It's pitch black. I don't have my phone light out if I know if I'm fishing after a certain fish. I understand, man. I understand. You know that yeah. that one more cast, boy, has that got me into more trouble with my wife than than you those know, things. I, you know? I think I think it gets us in trouble, but sometimes that one more. I mean, I remember the one. Well, if you go on our Instagram page, Ben caught the biggest rainbow of his life this past weekend. It was 27 inches, 16 inch girth. 10 pounds. Yeah, it looked like it fell out of freaking Erie. He said, let me get one more cast axe. We were about to walk away. Everybody and their mother was standing next to us, ready to cast a cast of this fish. And we're standing there with my buddy Tom, like the three stooges, freaking whipping at this thing, getting it to eat. Ben told him, asked me, he's like, what should I do? I told him what to put on. First cast, funk, it was on. We needed this, that one more. Next thing I was got the biggest fish of his life in his net, and it was it was neat. The thing was just a slob. It's just holding it, and the meat's curling over your hands. It was just that, that one more cast. Sometimes could be the one. Is that the one with the with the eggs coming out of it? Yeah, yeah, that's the one. Yeah, that was, yep. that was a big girl. Yeah, I see. That was a hell of a picture. I said, I noticed that right away. I said, son of a bitch, look yeah. at Yeah, there's. You watch some people online. They know how to hold the fish, but that one, they didn't know how to hold that one. That no. one, you could. You could hug it and it would look big. So. Yeah, it, it's big. But <laughs> I've seen the picture. Yeah, but, yeah. hey, before you guys go, man, I want you guys to promote your brand, right? Promote what you're doing uh, on all, all social media. 
And uh, where can everybody find you and how can they get a hold of you? Yeah, so you can find us on Instagram. Uh, we saw our Instagram page back in eighth or ninth grade. So we've had it for a little bit now, but it's just Lehigh Valley Fishing. Uh, I think it's Lehigh underscore Valley underscore Fishing. Yep. Uh, that's us right there. Feel free to DM us any questions you ever want to get out. Uh, you ever want to learn how to fly fish? You ever want to learn how to spin fish? Give us a DM. Uh, we'll bring you up to Cabela's, maybe hook you up. And like you said, we know people that are guides, professional guides. Yep. Like they have guide licenses to fly fish. Yep. Like we can hook you up with them. They're great people, people that we are comfortable putting other people with. Yep. You know I mean, we never put anybody in harm's way. Right. And there are people that will show you how to catch fish even us we can show you what you need to do how and if you want to learn everyone's come out and talk maybe learn a new spot we'll show you maybe a little little honey hole but uh that's where you can find us on instagram as of right now but we're gonna try and get out a mm -hmm. little bit more but uh yeah, yeah. We, we've got guys who do drift boat tours down the lehigh so yeah. we got we can kind of get all all facets of of information for people if they if they yeah, ever need it if so. they ever want to reach out so but we, we really appreciate you asking us to be on this show yeah, as absolutely. two young anglers we really yeah we really like it, man this is cool we appreciate it yeah yeah you guys are welcome back every time and um you know i do this thing like you guys will catch on to it here soon i'll touch in with you here not too long and um touch back on your season and uh we'll see yeah, if we heck can. yeah man even like hey we were just talking about it you know uh Maybe we'll get back together sometime soon. We're going on our first ever turkey hunt next Saturday for Pennsylvania opener, and we never nice. been. I mean, we're hardcore deer hunters, yep. hardcore fishermen. We've never been out for the turkeys yet, and everybody talks about when you hear that first gobble, you're going to probably jump out of your skin because they're going to be about two feet from you when you hear it, but they people talk about it. So I think that would be a cool episode maybe to talk about our first time yep. getting out. Or maybe when we first shoot our first bird, we can get one on the ground. Yeah, what, so. what my advice to you would be is... Yeah, you got any advice? You say you're a turkey guy. Like, <laughs> I, I would, here, I would just tell, <laughs> I tell you that on your first hunt, I would not be afraid to shoot a Jake, which a Jake yeah. is a, a smaller bird. And yeah, I think may, spring gobbler is only Jake's, isn't it? No, 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 no. You, So a Jake is a, uh, a, a smaller bird, a first-year bird, maybe even a second-year <clears throat> bird whereas your okay, your so gobbler it has a beard but it's just not as this is not an older one right age gotcha. yeah okay. it's, a, it's a young okay. it's a young bird yeah see we're we're, we're just figuring this out a little that's bit. fine <laughs> it's fine um i will tell you this this podcast has um a great network of turkey hunters that have come through this mm -hmm. show and um don't be afraid to reach out to them they're very yeah, very man. knowledgeable anybody who knows turkey hunting who's listening to this right now <laughs> and it's going before next Saturday, shoot me a DM. Shoot us a DM. Give us a little some pointers because we're going in with a slate call and a 12-gauge and we're ready to rock and that's it. <laughs> yeah, you you guys will do fine, man. Yeah, even yeah if man, you we just... appreciate it. But uh, like I was saying too, even like we may get like a deer one going on here. We got some deer stories that are yep. crazy. Yep, so, I'm not afraid. We really appreciate it, Marcus. This I, is cool, man. I know where to find you guys, and I'm not afraid to reach yeah. out to you. So, um, greatly appreciate you guys coming through. I'm very happy to have you, and uh, represent represent us uh, more towards the eastern eastern central part of the yeah. state. And um, it's awesome, man. Thank thank you guys for coming through, and um, uh, we'll get a hold of you here soon. All right, well, Sounds thank good. you. Thank you. We appreciate it.
you have made it to the end of another episode of the Keystone Chronicles podcast. Lehigh Valley Fishing Boys, Ben and Eddie, thank you guys so much for coming through. Really appreciate you guys spending your time with me and sharing your experiences and stories. It means a lot to all the listeners out there. All the listeners, please, guys, you know the drill. Head on over to whatever platform you're listening to this on and show your love. Until next time, thank you. God bless. We'll see you soon.